Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Still no theme song. No bullshit. Just jumping right in to the talky talk. I don't know, though. Maybe a theme song would make it more professional. I've been thinking a lot about that stuff lately. What makes something professional? I got all these rules in my head. I gotta I gotta get out of my own head. I'm in I'm in the Toyota Prius. The Toyota? The Toyota Prius recording studio in uh, the garage of my apartment building in Toronto, Canada. And uh, I'm in my really shitty parking spot next to a guy who parks way too close to me. And you you people have heard about me complain. You've heard about me. Jesus Christ, I should start all over this stupid podcast, but I'm not gonna because I gotta just, I gotta hammer this out. 45 minutes. I gotta get upstairs and uh, do nothing. I, I, I gotta get this podcast done. So I can go stare at the television like a good North American, you know, doing my civic duty on Martin Luther King Day, staring at the TV just like the forefathers wanted me to. The forefathers of a different country. Any hoozles. What I'm saying is the, the guy next to me parks too close. And on top of it, I have no room in my spot because there's renovations happening in the building. So they moved us to the spot that nobody else wanted because they forgot about us, even though we put in our request to move our spot early. Anyway, I, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, guys. I'm actually, I'm, this is going somewhere positive, can, if you can believe that. What I'm saying is even though I'm in a shitty parking spot and there's a guy who parks too close to me, I'm, go- I'm going to count my blessings. I will count them. And I'll tell you why. Because I read something today in the Globe and Mail, which is a Canadian newspaper slash, I guess, mostly online now because no one reads the fucking newspaper. Newspapers have gone the way of the dodo bird. Poor old dodo bird. You know what? People just throw that expression around. No one really thinks about it. Those goddamn dodo birds were adorable. Anyway. Gone the way of the great auk, is what I like to say. That was a, was a bird, a, sort of like a big puffin, that went extinct. And I'm from Newfoundland. I got to represent. The newspaper's gone the way of the great auk. And uh, anyway, in the Globe and Mail online article I read, I skimmed it. Yeah, I don't really read carefully. So take this all with a grain of salt. But they were saying... That one in three Canadians fear bankruptcy if the interest rate is raised anymore. And the interest rate is, is extraordinarily low. This is, uh, this is if you don't know, Canadian... Uh, oh, shit. Sorry, I just turned on the car because it's too cold. But I forgot I had the fucking radio on. Listening to the Cranberries. Oh, sad news. Uh, lead singer of the Cranberries. I don't know why she died, but she died. I really like that band. And... Um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt myself with that. But the radio came on. Guys, it's like if, you know, I'm a stand-up comic. And when you're on stage, when you're young, and you're in your career, and something happens in the room, and it disrupts people, and it distracts everyone, a lot of the young comedians, they'll just, they'll go right on through. Myself included. You got your material, you want you want to get it out, you just ignore what happened. But that creates an, an odd feeling in the room. You know, it makes people go, hey, did he not notice that uh, the server had a heart attack? 
because she's literally flopping around on the floor. Does he not see that? He's just He just keeps talking about uh, the TV show he watched last night. What's wrong with that guy? And it, 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 it makes you look unprofessional. Speaking of what makes people look unprofessional. So, of course, you address it. And that time, when the radio blared, I don't know if you guys can hear it, because I have a dynamic mic set up into my Zoom recorder. Barry, that's a professional setup. I'll tell you what. That's a fucking professional rig right there. So perhaps you didn't even hear the radio kick on. But I, I had to do it. Because what if you heard for a second some Cranberry song? You're like, is he not going to mention why the Cranberries were just blasted into the microphone? Now here's the problem with being a professional and addressing the accidents that happen when you're doing something live is uh, even though this podcast is not live, it's recorded, but I don't press stop, all right? I just fucking go on through 45 minutes of just bullshit. The problem uh, when you interrupt yourself to address even a distraction is that uh, you forget what you were talking about. You just forget it. Ow, I remember. The um, Globe and Mail... One in three Canadians fear bankruptcy. So these are all-time low interest rates in the country of Canada for for a long while now. Canada is big on housing. Everyone has borrowed a huge amount of money, and everyone has bought a million-dollar house, and that is not an exaggeration. Almost every fucking person. It's crazy. Home ownership is almost 80%, I think, now in in Canada. And uh, which is the highest across the world. And people are paying huge amounts of money for houses. So people are stretched to the limit. So the slightest increase in their monthly expenses, such as an interest rate going up by even half a point, guys. Half a point. That makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Holy fuck. The interest rate going up by half a point will put many Canadians in dire financial stress. So that apparently is true. And this is why, this is a long-winded thing to say why I'm counting my blessings, even though the car next to me is too fucking close. Jesus Christ, if he came down right now, I would, oh, I, you know, I'd try to be polite. I would. Because sometimes I start things angry, and then I realize, ah, I shouldn't be angry, but it's too late. You've already made the other person angry. You can't, like, back it up and go, oh, man, hey, listen, I'm having a bad day. I just wanted to say that I don't have a lot of room in my parking space. It's too late. He's like, why, are you, why don't you come at me getting in my fucking face? And then, then we have it out, like the pugilists that we are here in Toronto. So, blessings, ladies and gentlemen. It's just the wife and I don't have any debt, you see. One of the things about living in an apartment building, you know, when your wife has a good salary, because I certainly don't. I'm a comedian. We don't have salaries. But as a as a couple, we're doing pretty good. I mean, sure, she's dragging up the average a little bit, like 98%. But I, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm a tax write-off. That contributes to the household income. So, um, 
But because of this, the Toyota Prius, as I've told you before, guys, I'm a frugal fucking guy. This is this has been paid off. This is tw- it's a 2010 Toyota Prius been paid off since 2011. That's right. We owe no money on the car. Our rent is not that much money, relatively speaking. You know, if this if we were in like uh, fucking Bangladesh, you know, well, like a not a rich part of Bangladesh, like a poor part of Bangladesh, we could afford a much bigger place. You know, even even where I'm from, Newfoundland, probably I could get a home for similar prices to what I'm paying a month here in Toronto. But listen, this isn't the point. Blessings, everybody. Because we have no debt and we're actually saving money and we have extra money. We don't, we're not hurting for things. I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but you should have. My wife got me an iPad Pro for Christmas. That's the kind of scratch that we have. All right. And I got her an Apple Watch plus a bunch of other shit that almost added up to the same price as the iPad Pro. And it wasn't us going crazy. It's just that we don't spend a lot of money. So it's Christmas comes along. You know, it's nice to get get a nice gift. So that's what we can do right now. But I'm reading this article and they were saying, sure, one in three Canadians are close to bankruptcy. But even crazier is 48%. And I don't know if you know anything about math, but that is almost half. 48% of Canadians say they are within $200 of not being able to pay their bills for the month. So that, to me, that blew me away. So 50%, we're talking like one in two people, okay? One in two people. If they... If they spend two hundred extra dollars on something, you know, maybe like maybe they wanted an iPad Pro. They they cannot get it because they won't be able to pay their bills. And here, Canada is this affluent country, seemingly where people have lots of money. At least that's what we'd be led to believe. You know, the the standard of, of living here is pretty good. But because I think anyway, and statistics back me up that people have spent so much money on their homes and their monthly payments are so expensive, they don't have a lot of extra money to kick around. So here, me and the wife, we've been beating ourselves up a little bit, you know, because if we had bought a house, you know, when we first moved to Toronto, 2009, you know, we we could have gotten it for half the cost of what they are now. No joke, half but because we didn't, we watched prices skyrocket and skyrocket. And now that we have a little rug rat, a little baby, we want a little more room because he's got so much shit. Jesus Christ. It's, it just it multiplies by the day. Strollers and diapers, toys, more diapers. And he's, he needs a crib. He needs somewhere to sleep. Fucking prima donna needs his own bed. And so anyway, it got real for me when I read that. Because it's one thing. The grass is always greener. Ladies and germs, the grass, so green. It's so green over there. You can't even fucking believe it. You're like, Jesus, my grass is yellow. It's just been scorched by the sun. Look at that grass. Is that AstroTurf? 
It looks so lush. The grass is always greener. So you think about a lot of the times. I'm not saying you people are like me. You should be. But I'm not saying you are like me. But if you are, you often think about the negatives and not the positives. You don't count your blessings. What you do is you count your... What's the opposite of blessings? Your your shittiness. You count your shittiness. And I'm like, oh, if I had bought in 2009, our house would have doubled in value. We would have more room. You know, I wouldn't have to record a podcast in a parking garage too close to the guy next to me. I think things like that, you know. I see a friend of mine, he bought a house in 2008. And uh, it was too small. It was too small for him. So what he did was he renovated. He renovated the whole fucking thing. Put on a whole extension. Cost him a lot of money. But still, nowhere near the money. If he purchased the house right now that he has bought and renovated, it would have literally cost him, I think, about $750,000. And he got it for way less than half that back in the day. So even with his extra expense... Like, he just, it's, he made out like a bandit. Now, granted, granted, that was 2008, and it's 2017. Oh, shit, 2018. Guys, I forgot. It's the new year. Happy New Year. Um, so, you know, he had to live in a house that he wanted, he wanted it to be bigger. Then they had to do a big renovation, which took months and months and months. In fact, it's still not even complete. So I'm not saying it's all roses for the guy. But what I am saying is, even that, we were like, ah, fuck, why didn't we do something like that? Green goddamn grass right over there. Look at that grass. But today, reading the article and knowing, looking at at the other side of it, which I don't like to do. I don't like looking at the other side of things. But looking at the other side, and you know what? I'm going to talk a little bit more about looking at the other side. My eyes have been opened. I'm going to talk about looking at the other side, the the anti-lefties. The, the Republicans in the states, the conservatives in Canada, the right-wing people across the world. You know, I, I've always been left-leaning. Left-leaning. But in my older age, I am starting to come more around that, to, basically to the premise that everyone's a fucking idiot. All right? Left or right. Goddamn idiots. The works of them. I'll get back to that in a minute. Or maybe I won't. You don't know me. So trying to look at the other side. Here, imagine the other situation where myself and my wife and myself son, my son, Mr. Sam, what if we had so little money that we were barely making ends meet and we were worried, you know, ends meet. I thought that was M-E-A-T when I was young, making ends meet. I thought it was some kind of phrase about... um that you're barely making ends meet. So you barely get the end of the meat. You get the shitty part of the meat. That's what's left for you because you can barely make it. You have to buy the cheap meat, which is at the end of the, of the animal. I know that's idiotic, but that is what I thought. But it's ends meet, M-E-E-T. As far as I know. I didn't look that up. I just came to the conclusion, you know, a decade ago, that I was stupid when I was young for thinking that. And I concocted the other one, M-E-E-T, 
just on my own. Ah, oh, now I'm going to have to look that up when I when I get back upstairs. And then just hope that I'm right about it. So back to the issue at hand. Imagine if we were so strapped for cash that we were worried that if the bank raises the interest rate, we're going to go bankrupt. And even if we weren't going to go bankrupt thinking, ah, we are we have to watch our money so carefully that if we lose 200 bucks this month, you know, Sam has braces, you know, or, or he wants to go on a school trip, you know, or I need to buy a new video camera because I love them. And, but we, but we can't do it. Like I, I don't want that situation, you know, to, to, it's one thing to, to not get the luxury items. You know, your son says, dad, you have an iPad pro. Why do you get all the fancy shit? Give me something fancy. I want a PlayStation 9 or whatever he'll want. You know? And it's it's one thing to deny the luxury items. To say, son, no. No. I get these things because I married your mother. Okay? And she buys me nice gifts. So you go find yourself a lady that can buy you some nice gifts. Or you go get yourself a job. No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I want him to have nice things. I don't want to be spoiling him, as the, as the phrase goes, but I do want to give him tools. Like, that's the thing is, when I was young, my parents, they did their best, you know? I wanted to, um, I wanted to play in a band, and so my parents did their best to get me good equipment. And the, it made a difference, because while we weren't amazing, we weren't bad. And we played in bars, and we got to gig around, and we were in some fucking contest that we placed in. And, you know, we, rec- we recorded a tape, a-, a cassette tape. That's a thing for you kids out there that uh, we used to listen to music on. We, re- we recorded that shit. And I wouldn't have been able to record that without good equipment. You know, it's, it would have sounded terrible. And so, you know, if the kid wants to be a painter or, or, or he wants, he's like, like me and he likes cameras and making movies and, or if he, or if he wants to play hockey, hockey's expensive, man, fucking a stick is like 150 bucks. Now when I was a kid, a stick was $5 and I'm not kidding. It's just, they're, they're, they're fancy now and the sticks, they break all the fucking time. So you got to buy like four $150 sticks a year for a child. And that's, that's not even the big expense. Hockey costs thousands and thousands of dollars. So anyway, my point is, even though I'd also like to get the kid some luxury items, the idea of telling him, no, you can't go on the class trip, you know, even though that's probably not a good example, because I'm probably not going to let the kid go on the class trip. With all the molestation out there, guys, do you want your kid to be molestated? I don't. I'm not sending him on any class trips unless I go. And then I wouldn't want to go because what if I get accused, you know, of molestation? Because you don't know these days with the kids. Oh, fuck the kids. They're diabolical. So my point is he's not going on any class trips. But let's just say there is something he does want to do that I do feel is safe enough for him to do. And, uh, 
it costs $300. And to say, no, son, you can't, you can't have it. You can't go to science camp or whatever it is you want to do. I can't buy you that hockey stick. Yes, I know it's the championship game. And I know you're the team captain. And there's a scout from the NHL who's there to look at you specifically because you're so good. But I can't afford the stick because we need to pay our mortgage. I don't want to do it. So, you know, grass, go fuck yourself. You're not so green. Right now, we take trips. Trips! As my voice cracked. My voice is still not completely better from uh, losing it in late December. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because I scream every week into a microphone in my car. But uh, it will crack occasionally. And if you don't like it, go shut up. I said shut up. All right? I just, I don't know. I like having a little wiggle room. We go on vacation if we want. And that, that was another thing the article said. That 48% of the Canadians can't go on an escape vacation, whatever the fuck that means. I guess they mean somewhere far away or sunny or, or something nice. You know, like they don't mean, hey, I drove to Manitoba in my car. That's not an escape vacation. You know, unless, you know, you're from Siberia. Maybe driving to Manitoba would be an escape at that point. Anyway, I'm just saying on a positive note, sure, it doesn't sound very positive with the way I've been yelling. But what I am saying is, you know, maybe it's not so bad to not have fallen in to the trappings of um, what most North Americans consider the be-all, end-all of life. And that's having a big old house. Yeah, I'm there. I'm sure there are good advantages. My brother has a big old house. My sister has a big old house and they love it. And there are advantages to having it. That's why me and the wife have felt a little blue about not having the house. And certainly there's no way to buy one here in Toronto now. Now, since 2009, that prices have doubled. The houses, literally the average house is a million dollars. It is fucking ridiculous. God damn ridiculous so you have that feeling but i tell you what you know what's a better feeling than uh having a house is feeling like you're not in financial trouble you know it's really good so i'm gonna if like we were about to look at a house this weekend and it was really affordable relative to toronto and close to the beach Yes, Toronto has a beach. You can't swim in the water or you'll be radioactive. But the beach itself, the sand is lovely. Lovely white sand. And what am I swimming? I've never, I never swim when I'm at the beach. What are you going into the ocean? Stepping on a jellyfish? Then, you know, he stings you. You got to pee on your foot. Who wants that? Not me. But I like the beach. I like standing, I like sitting in the sand. That's nice. So Toronto has a very nice beach. A lot of people don't realize it's very, very lovely uh, in the summertime. And um, it's called The Beaches. It's a big-ass beach. So there was a house that was really close to that, walking distance to the beach, and uh, an affordable house for us. So we were like, yeah, let's go take a look at this thing. Of course, it got sold 
you know, because somebody else wanted it. And they paid over asking because that's what that's one of the reasons the market's all fucked up. People keep bidding too high for houses. Anyway, we were a little we were like, ah, it's too bad. You know, maybe we missed out on that opportunity. We should have gone to see it the day it went on sale. Then we could have put our offer in. But I tell you what. Now, now I'm going to be real, real careful about getting a home because I won't forget that article. Changed my life. Made me count my blessings. Ladies and gentlemen, looking at the other side, though, let's move on. Let's move on to the other topic. And that is looking at the lefty liberals, the liberal-minded people. I, I'm ha- I have enough. I've had enough. Had enough of them. It was the Oprah thing, man. That was, it put me over the top. Just because, you know, I'm not hating on Oprah. I'm, th- that's my point, is I'm indifferent to Oprah. And I thought that's, that was the case for, you know, a lot of the world. When the fuck did she become Maya Angelou? She, like, when was she so crazy respected? Like, I know, look, she's accomplished a lot. Yeah, way to go. You're, you're an excellent business lady. But you run a magazine. And you, you had a daytime talk show. You know, you, 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 you had guests on your, day, your daytime talk show. That, I just, I don't know. Am I, I, maybe I don't know enough about Oprah's life. Perhaps she led the civil rights movement. Perhaps she is a, has been a, a, a beacon of change for many, many reasons. I, I don't know. All I know is that I certainly didn't realize the world looked at her like some kind of fucking guru of uh, salvation. It's just the reason I'm annoyed, all right, is because my TV, and this isn't really Oprah's fault. So, Oprah, I know you're a longtime listener of the podcast. I apologize. But it's just they keep showing the end of her speech where she says, a new day is on the horizon. And it's fucking like it's not even delivered well, you know? Even if she had done it with more of the Oprah horizon, even if she had done more of that, I think it would have been better. But the new day is on the horizon. Just fucking, uh, what, what it kills me is as a public speaker myself, I just, I keep picturing her having written the speech and like rehearsing it and just waiting for the standing ovation, you know, just, I don't know, seal the uh, singer said it was sanctimonious. This is half the problem with Hollywood, he said. I, I may have mentioned that last podcast. And I got to be like, yeah, man. And here's, here's why. It's so sanctimonious. Thank you for the big word, Seal. Because the women, all right, who started the Me Too movement, the Rose McGowan, you know, the, the Rosanna Arquette, and a couple other the actress ladies, they're actresses. Did you not hear me? Actress ladies. I think there was four actress ladies. I named two of them. I forget the other two, and I apologize. But I'll say they were obviously, uh, like Rose McGowan, she started it. She was like, Harvey Weinstein did this to me? And everyone was like, oh, shut up. And she was like, no. And she kept hammering at it. And they were like, really? Maybe maybe he did. And then like a thousand other people said, yeah, yeah, he did. He did it. He did it to everyone. 
And so they started this. They are actresses. This Golden Globes thing, this Hollywood, this fucking, like, they latch onto it. Like, like they are doing something about it. And like, like they invented, like they started it almost. You know what I mean? And so, whereas these women actually did. And were they at the Golden Globes? No, they were not. And it's like, oh, man. And the reason I know that is because uh, I didn't watch the fucking thing. I don't really watch award shows very very often because I, I, I like utilizing my time well. And um, like talking to you fine people. So, the, but the tweets, tweets came out from uh, Miss Rose McCown and uh, uh, Rosanna Arquette and the other girls. Uh, ladies, uh, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be calling them girls. But guys, I do that. Hear that, guys? I say guys and girls. I mean no offense by it. I'll try. I'll try to. Uh, I'll try to speak more more properly. Men and women, ladies and gentlemen, gender neutrals, humans. So uh, they weren't invited, and they made it known they weren't invited they said i guess one of them said um i guess we're not powerful enough to attend uh, a ceremony that's supposed to be all about us something like that that was i'm paraphrasing but it would she's like fucking yeah those if hollywood want that was she said i think later in the in another tweet uh i i guess it's just too depressing to see the real victims and um you know, I gotta say, you, you want you want to be all, hey, we're Hollywood and we speak for people and we're here for change and let's all wear black and then Oprah's gonna get up and she's gonna change the world with her words coming out of her friggin' face. You, you bring these women on stage, bring them up, bring them up. They're obviously brave enough to have come forth with what they came forward with. So fucking show them. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's, like, you listen to guys on Fox News. You listen to, uh, um, you know, right-leaning people across the world, and a lot of the times you have that knee-jerk reaction of, hey, you, you don't understand. You're not a caring individual. And then you see this Hollywood shit, and you start going, yeah, you fucking smug, entitled, rich, jumping on the bandwagon pieces of shit. You know? Just fucking, like, just uh, James Franco was up there with his pin supporting the ladies, and then five women accused him the next day. I'm not saying he's guilty, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying there's something wrong with with the way they're doing it. And so when when right-leaning people start criticizing the left when I was a younger person you know I would always just go yeah you guys you just it's because you're all after profit and corporations and you don't want to be taxed because you guys don't you don't have to pay taxes you want you don't want to have to pay them because you want your private jets you goddamn heartless monsters like those are the types of reactions that you have when you're young 
and you feel like, hey, hey, you guys should think what I think. But when you start looking at the other side, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with, say, anything Fox News has to say. But uh, I'm just starting to disagree with a lot of the bullshit I'm seeing coming from the left. You know, I, I, I think that, see, here's the thing. I think their hearts are in the right place. A lot of people's hearts are in the right place on both sides, the rights and the lefts. And, uh, and then there's the extremities who are just fucking out for number one. They're out for themselves. They're just, they're, they're contorting every story. Politicizing is a word that people like to use a lot. And it's not even necessarily politicizing. It's, it's self-aggrandizing. It's, you know, just using it for leverage for their own ends, their own careers, their own runs at presidency, their own, I don't fucking, you know what I'm saying, guys? Do you know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is that the ladies should have been invited to the Golden Globes. If you're going, if it's going to be in support of the women, then fucking support them. Don't sweep the real victims under the rug and trump out, you know, Oprah and uh, and then go, the world just changed. Yay. Let's all tweet about how the world got fixed. World didn't get fixed. People are still suffering. Not just the ladies. People all over the world. You know, like they showed Angelina Jolie's face for a minute during the Oprah speech. And uh, now this could be just in my head. But I think she gave her that she was giving her the stink eye. I, she, she looked like she had a puss on her face, just like a, an angry puss. And um, I can see that. I said to my wife, because my wife said, said it too. She goes, hey, she looks kind of pissed. I'm like, yeah, she would be pissed. Because Angelina Jolie, love her or hate her, ladies and gentlemen, she's been fucking trying, man, for decades. She's trying to help the poor, you know? She's adopting half the poor people. She goes to countries that, you know, I'm sure Donald Trump will call shithole countries. She goes to these places and tries to make a difference. In fact, she does make a difference. She does. She writes movies and directs movies about about causes and shit. She tries. And so here she is fucking nose to the grindstone for years and years trying to affect, you know, social and political change. And Oprah is fucking sitting around with Stedman talking about the secret, just dreaming up dreamy dreams. You can have that yacht if you just put it on your dream board. Just put it on your dream board and Dr. Phil will deliver a boat right to your, right to your fucking driveway. Did you order a boat? Oprah said it was on your dream board. Okay? And Angie fucking fighting tooth and nail with governments and Hollywood? Do they have her up there giving a speech about change? No. No, they don't. 
But anyway, that could be just in my head. For all I know, she was like, Oprah's the greatest. I love Oprah. Beats me. It beats me. But it's just, I tell you what, Dave Chappelle, man. Fucking Dave Chappelle. Bit of a prophet. I said, but I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think? The man became one of the most respected comedians in history by accident? Of course not. He sees the writing on the wall and he spits it out and he tells you. He saw this fucking coming. He was saying there's going to be a backlash with the way you guys are doing certain things. You know, and he was talking about the, the Me Too movement mostly, I think, at, at the time of his comedy special. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's really good. You may disagree a little bit with what he says or how he says it, but I think that that's what he was saying. It was because that special was released on the 31st of December, so obviously before the Golden Globes. And I just, I do feel there's a pullback right now. It's because it's gone just, uh, like I said, I think there's a lot of people out there like myself, uh, people who are better than myself, who haven't been bad people through in their lives, would love to see some change happening, would love to support some change, would like to do what they can to usher the change in, but they see a bunch of conniving opportunists just jumping on the pain of other people to use for their own fucking ego. And it just, I don't know. And I'm not saying Oprah specifically. I'm just saying, you know, that's what it feels like it's turning into. And the, the, the hate, it's, it's like I said, there's too, it's too extreme now. The hate, let me see. I'm going to pull up my uh, phone and uh, try not to get any feedback on the fucking microphone. Got to look at my photos. I, I took a picture of a tweet Okay, guys? And it was from a lady. It's a female comedian. All right? I have it up on my phone right now. It's from a female comedian. I'm not going to say who it is because that's not important. What's important is how I felt, guys. It was how I felt when I read the tweet. All right? And, okay, I'll just read. I was about to go into I'm not the victim, yada, yada. You guys, you fucking know that. I'm living living a life of, of luxury here. Um... In Toronto, with you know savings in our bank account, providing for the child, not close to bankruptcy, guys, huh? That's pretty good. So, the comedian she says, "Dear women under thirty, just want to let you know it's okay to laugh at a comedy show without looking at your boyfriend for approval. Period. Men are done. Period. You know, guys." Just to me, there's so much wrong with that tweet. And it got a lot of likes, got a lot of love. And uh, that's that's what I think Dave Chappelle was talking about. It's first of all, that makes there's a lot of assumptions in that tweet that I think are not very good. Uh, Women under 30. You know, oh, there's some feedback on the old mic. Um, Just the women under 30. That's that's pretty condescending. To say anyone who's young, you know, uh, has to look at their boyfriend for approval. It To me, it just, it sounds like you're not giving women a lot of credit there. That, 
that to me sounds very insulting to any woman who's under 30 that has been at your comedy show. And I'm not going to, well, I am going to state the obvious, which is perhaps they're not laughing because they didn't like your joke or your show. You know, uh, please know that that is always a possibility. And I'm not saying you're not funny because I've not seen you as a comedian. But what I'm saying is don't just uh, give give yourself an excuse by insulting um, a portion of your audience. Like that's that's not cool. I don't think that's cool. Even if you're a comedian and you say, "Hey, guys, it's okay to laugh," you know, for any reason, you might just be giving yourself a, an excuse as a comedian. Guys, it's okay to laugh at edgy material. I'm just edgy. Guys, it's okay to laugh. You know, just because it's cold outside, you can laugh. Like maybe it's just an excuse. Maybe you didn't do very well that night. You know, maybe those jokes aren't very good. That's always a possibility. I, you know, I just I don't like uh, um, the insulting of uh, your female, your younger female audience. I think that's uh, not appropriate. And uh, I also, of course. Don't like the phrase, men are done. Like, what what, what good do you think that is doing? So, because the guys that are up to no good, the assholes of the world, they don't give a flying fuck about you. They didn't before, and now they, they don't like you even more. So, you're not, you're not reaching them, obviously. Um, and then there's a bunch of people who are men... They can't help it. Guys, I was born this way. Please, just let me live. Don't judge me entirely because I was born a heterosexual male. You know? That, how, how about that? How about the fact that, you know, people... My wife, she phrased it nicely, I think. Because, guys, you know ladies are the best. But my wife, she phrased it nicely. She said... When I see those types of things, I always imagine if a man had said it, if a man, if the opposite was said by a man, how angry everyone would be, you know? Hey, guys, you don't have to look at your uh, lady to laugh. Women are done. You know? People would be losing their shit. Just blanket statements. How an entire fucking gender... Is it? No, it's not a gender. It's a sex. So an entire sex is being dismissed. Isn't that what you're fighting against? Like, Jesus Christ. And now her argument may be, I'm not trying. I don't care about you. I'm trying to reach ladies. And fair enough. You can, you can reach ladies. But I don't know why you have to do it by being uh, divisive. I don't know why you got to do it by spewing hate. You know, men are done. Here's the thing. I know a little bit about this lady. All right. I looked her up. And uh, one of her big claim to fames is that she is a regular on uh, the Doug Benson podcast. So now you have a better idea of who it is. If you want to look it up. But uh, I don't know if she knows this. But Doug Benson's a man. And uh, is he done? Would you like him to die? 
Is, uh, what is it that you're saying? I just don't see how this, and I know, look, and I know if I am feeling this way, that there's a lot of people probably feeling this way, men and women, who, like, you know, Jesus Christ, who wants to march next to somebody who is telling them to go fuck themselves? Like, hey, ladies, yeah, man, you guys, you've had a shit deal. Good for you. Let's, let's, let's change things. And the girl looks at him, go fuck yourself, you man. You're done. Stop mansplaining to me. I hate you all. It's like, I, uh, what, why? why? Why would you do that? That's not very nice. I don't, uh, I don't think that that helps. Like, we, the point is mutual respect. Mutual respect. You can't just, you can't just be all, you know, female versions of Harvey Weinstein. You can't just be all, you know, you're trying to, trying to destroy us all. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'm just saying, fucking, you know, measure your words a little bit better. I, I feel like, of course, you're like, yeah, she's one example of one lady, but it's just, it's, it's all the likes and all that. It's the sentiment. You can feel it. And you, and like Dave Chappelle said, you can feel the fucking backlash. And I was watching Saturday Night Live. Um, this this past Saturday, and I there was a sketch on. I don't know if anybody's talking about it, but I thought it was really good. Um, and it was they were they were doing like a e talk, uh, the e network, where they were going to judge fashion on women like they normally do with the Golden Globes, but with the new political climate, all they talked about was how empowered women are. They're like, oh, that dress makes her look really empowered. She's so empowered, like she, you know, women. Now that women are perfect, and they just kept doing, and it was uh, Cecily Strong, who is a hilarious. I, I, because I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time, but every time I tune in to see a sketch, fucking Cecily Strong is just knocking it out of the park. I find her very funny, um, and she was one of the women in the sketch. There were there were th- uh, two women in the sketch and two men in the sketch, and um, so the ladies. In the sketch, are they just they keep talking about a uh, no the, the the panelists keep talking about how women are perfect, and then they have a guest on who is a lady who says, "Oh, I think she looks really beautiful." And they're like, "How dare you judge a lady on her appearance?" Oh my! And it's just I I love to see that because that that made me feel good. It made me feel like maybe it's it's not going it's not going to go too far because if the female comics out there you know, are leading the charge like uh, like the girls from Saturday Night Live. The ladies! The ladies from Saturday Night Live are leading the charge and doing sketches like this going, all right, everybody, let's just, let's just pump the brakes on, uh, you know, the overwhelming political correctness that we're going through. I find that that's the thing. And maybe the reason I keep talking about it is is that it seems like comedy specifically is getting targeted people are very sensitive and comedians are being taken to task very hard and it's very difficult to talk about things yet it's the comedians that need to talk about them but with the political climate we're in they're getting shut down so 
That's why. That's one of the reasons I was so disappointed about that "Men Are Done" tweet because it's it's the lady comics that we really need right now because change does need to happen, of course, but it needs to happen in a way where it can be sustainable, lasting change and not something where there's going to be a backlash like Mr. Dave Chappelle has been predicting. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Listen, if I've said anything to offend you, then uh, I apologize. You know, I'm, I'm just a guy talking in his car, just trying to figure out, you know, the, the weird feeling I have in the pit of my stomach. It's just, you know what it is, guys? It's just negativity and hate. It, uh, it, it just seems like it's on the rise, no matter what. Here's something that should be positive. That's, that's, my, that's my feeling. Something, this is something that should be positive. How people are being taken to task for being fucking shitty asshole human beings who have been sexually harassing and doing all kinds of misconduct. And these people are being called out. Things are happening. You know, this should be a good thing. And, uh, but I feel like it's coming with so much hate that it's starting to hurt the cause. Maybe that's all in my head. Because what do I know? What do I know, guys? I'm just some sanctimonious, white, privileged male sitting in his fucking liberal, leftist, elitist car, the Toyota Prius, you know, with gobs of money in the bank account because the grass ain't greener. Grass is so green on my lawn. It actually is, but it's not my lawn. It's my apartment building's lawn. I don't even have grass. So thanks so much for listening. I am uh, going to go upstairs now as soon as I shimmy my way out of my fucking driver's side here. God damn it. I'm going to get my wife to listen to this podcast so she can tell me how and when I was offensive. I'll talk to you again soon. I said shut up. Good night.